Paul asks them to be in prayer for him. He says, now I beseech you, brethren, for the Lord Jesus Christ's sake and for the love of the Spirit that you strive together with me in your prayers to God for me. What is the prayer? That I may be delivered from them that do not believe in Judea and that my service which I have for Jerusalem may be accepted of the saints that I may come unto you with joy by the will of God and may with you be refreshed. Now the God of peace be with you all. Amen. Uh, Paul asked the disciples in Rome to be in prayer for him as he makes his way. Now what we know, and we know this from Acts, is Paul, he had been uh, serving as a missionary. And uh, you can read this also in his letters. Uh, and as he was serving as a missionary, as he was traveling around, he left Jerusalem. He spent some time in Antioch. And then the Lord called him and Barnabas and he said, hey, separate them uh, for the work that I have for them. And then they begin to travel. And they traveled into Asia Minor. They came back. And then they, uh, they had a conflict and they, they separated. They went two different ways. But they both kept going. And Paul went and not only to some of the old territory that he'd been, but to new territories. He left not only going into Asia Minor. He went, all, he went over into Macedonia. And he would return. And in Acts, we have at least three of his mission journeys. In Acts, we don't even have the full story of his mission journeys, in fact. Uh, he tells us that he made it all the way up to the southern part of Romania, what is modern-day Romania. Illicrium, or Illicrium, or however you would say it. Acts doesn't tell us about that. We don't get the whole story, but that's okay. But while he was traveling as a missionary, as he was establishing churches, as he was making disciples, equipping disciples, establishing churches, moving on, uh, usually not moving on because everybody was healthy and hearty, and they said, okay, well, we're ready, Paul, you go ahead and go. He was usually moving on because um, there was uh, some hot heat on his trail. He always was mindful of the churches in Jerusalem. And what we know is during the period that Paul was gone, the churches in Jerusalem began, uh, they had already been under persecution, but some other things had taken place. Uh, some of their leaders had, been, uh, had had to leave Jerusalem. Some had been martyred. Uh, there was a famine in the land. We also know this, that, uh, that, that, that there's a little bit of a, uh, of a question about, is Paul with the Jerusalem churches or not? Is he opposed to them? Because he's going off to all these uh, non-Jewish places and creating these churches that are made of non-Jews and Jews. 
And so Paul, he has this need, this burden for the churches at Jerusalem that they are comforted and that they are supplied in the time of their need. But he also has this, has this kind of thing that he wants to show them. He, 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 wants, he has this burden that he wants to reveal to them. Hey, I, I'm with you and all the churches that I've established are with you. And so he's been sending these letters and he's been saying, hey, we see it in 1 Corinthians. We see it uh, elsewhere where he talks about this uh, he, in 2 Corinthians as well. He, he sends these letters and he's along with the uh, exhortations, admonishments and rebukes and correctives that he gives and the encouragement that he gives. He, he, he begins to say, hey, don't forget about this offering. Don't forget about this, this love offering that we want to give to the churches in Jerusalem and Judea. And so Paul has collected this money and he has to take this money back to Jerusalem. And, 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 and traveling with a large sum of money today is, is a little sketchy, but it would have been even uh, more so uh, back in his day. So he's, he's concerned about this, this, this love offering that he's going to be bringing to Jerusalem. Hey, we want it to be safe. But also, he says, I'm going to go to Jerusalem. And my plan is, once I leave Jerusalem, is I want to come to Rome. He had sent this letter ahead of him. He had never been to Rome. He had known people who were from Rome, like Aquila and Priscilla. They were sent out of Rome whenever, uh, whenever Nero said that uh, the fire was started by people like them. And the Jews were banished from Rome for a few years. And he had met them, and they had been fellow laborers in the gospel. But he had not been to Rome himself. And in Acts, we find that he gets this great burden to go to Rome. He wants to go to Rome. He's, he's heard of the, the, the churches there, but, but, but I don't even think his burden is just to go to Rome for the sake of the churches. I think it, you know, Rome is the epicenter of the world at that day. If we can get the gospel here, the gospel is going to spread throughout the whole world. Paul wants the gospel to spread throughout the whole world. Uh, as well, he knows that the that the disciples in Rome are deeply divided. Jewish disciples, non-Jewish disciples. Paul has been doing, he's been equipped for really handling this division. We see it throughout many of his letters, but we see him here in, in the book of Romans. He will address, flatly address to the Jews, to the non-Jews. And he does that because they are deeply divided, but he's equipped, he's been prepared so that he could come and he could, he could break down that wall of division between these disciples so that they could be one church instead of this fractured body. So, Paul. Paul wants to go to Rome after Jerusalem. And Paul... Uh, get some, get some uh, prophetic words on his way to Jerusalem that things are not going to be, and it's not going to be an easy trip to Rome. 
And if you read in the book of Acts, what you find out is that it was not. Beginning in Acts 21, you find out that it was not an easy trip. It was not a short trip. His trip involved him being arrested. His trip involved him spending three years in jail in Caesarea Philippi. Or, I mean, Caesarea by the sea. Uh, his trip involved a shipwreck. His trip involved a viper bite. His trip, before he even uh, got out of uh, uh, Caesarea by the sea, he had to stand before multiple authoritative figures who could pronounce dead or alive over his life. Go, no go. And I love this in Romans chapter number 15. Because before all of this happens, Paul goes, I'm not going to get there without your prayers. In effect, right? I'm not going to get there without your prayers. So I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to ask you. I'm begging you. I'm pleading you. I'm pleading you for the Lord Jesus Christ's sake. For the love of the Spirit that you strive together with me in your prayers to God for me. The word that stands out to me, strive together. Strive together with me. You together strive. And you know I'm praying. And we, you as you're together, and me as I'm away, we are together in our prayers. Now this letter would have been read corporately. In, in fact, they didn't have copies to take home. So they would gather together and then they would read the letter and they would discuss the letter. Uh, there's a lot of scholarship uh, that supposes that Phoebe, who is, who is commended in chapter 16, verse number one, that she was probably the one who carried the letter, had the instructions from Paul about, you know, maybe, maybe some clarification points. So she would have been one of the ones who would not only have read the letter, but helped clarify Paul's meaning behind the letter if there were any questions that came up. But they would have gathered together corporately. They would have read the letter. They would have discussed the letter. And I can't imagine for the life of me, whenever they get to chapter 15, which would not have been chapter 15, it would have just been part of the letter, right? But whenever they get to chapter 15 and they see Paul say, strive together with me in your prayers, that they would have said, amen, let's go home to our homes and let's all be, remember to pray for Paul. Do you imagine that that's how it went? Or could you rather imagine that as they were gathered together and they had this burden, 
that Paul had shared with them. That at that time, they said, let's get together and pray for Paul. In just a moment, I'm going to ask for three volunteers. And so I want you to be thinking if you are going to be one of those volunteers. Uh, I'm only asking for three. I'm not just going to open up the mic, but I'm asking for three volunteers because I like Paul. I think he's a very good um, uh, teacher, uh, authoritative teacher of the good news and of order in the church. And, uh, and he said in uh, 1 Corinthians 14 that, uh, that when you gather together, hey, maybe two or three of you can speak up out loud. And then if you have an unction of the spirit, maybe you just keep your mouth shut for the time being. He didn't say it that way, but uh, he said uh, so that we can do things decently and in order. And, uh, you know, a lot of times we do that popcorn type of praying, whoever is led. But y'all know that that creates a little bit of a chaos, doesn't it? Because whenever the mic goes quiet, people's hearts go, oh, no, is somebody going to speak? Do I need to go? Do I? And so I want us to remove all chaos. But I am going to ask you. I'm not going to appoint you. I'm going to ask you. In a moment, I'm going to ask for three of you, three of you to come and to pray. Now, Paul's burden was, hey, we're carrying this large financial gift and we need safe passage. Not only that, I have plans to get to Rome. And I believe, I mean, I I believe that the Lord's told me that I'm going to get to Rome but I don't think that the journey is going to be an easy journey. So I need your prayers for me. I need you to strive together. Here's my thoughts this morning. We have a bunch of people who we know and love who are being deeply affected by COVID right now. Uh, Miss Linda uh, has COVID pneumonia. And it has done some extensive damage on her lungs. Uh, Brother Nathan, his wife Brandy, uh, has some neurological issues. And COVID, uh, the doctor said uh, that between uh, uh, Friday and tomorrow, I believe, Day five and eight were going to be critical for her with neurological issues. So we have people who are sick. We have people who are grieving. That's Beulah Kelly. Uh, Don't let ex-daughter-in-law make you think that she has anything but love for her. I can tell you, for one, it's not Miss Beulah's character to have anything but love for anybody. She has a big heart. And she is, I mean, she will give a million chances. She's not one of those, you know, 
fool me once, shame on you sort of person. She's endlessly forgiving. Daughter-in-law was found dead. Some of y'all don't know this, but uh, Kelly has been associated with our church uh, throughout the years. Her girls have gone to our camps. Even in the last few years, Sky has been here, has frequented our church. There's people grieving. You know others who are grieving. Uh, our world continues to be divided. There's still deep hostilities between the left and the right. I say this on Wednesday nights. I don't think I've said it a lot on Sunday morning, and, and, and I don't know why, but, but, but here's the deal. This should be a moment in our, in our nation's history that unites us. Any time that there has ever been uh, some kind of major force that's, that everybody is susceptible to, it's uniting. Think about, just think about our city here, Friendswood, and our communities around us. Back whenever Hurricane Harvey hit. We were united. Think about America whenever 9-11 happened. An actual act of terror and war against us. And we weren't squabbling. We were united. And look at us right now. And listen, I don't think that it's America's job to be united. I think it's Christians' jobs to be united. We are to be the ones who are the uniting voice. We are to be the ones who are not make, planting our stake in the ground, left or right. Sad, one of the saddest things that I see is that I see Christians on the left and the right staking claim. I don't care that America is united for the sake of America in the sense that, you know, that America is the last bastion of hope on this earth because it's not. The kingdom of heaven is our hope. The church of Jesus Christ is our hope. So don't get me wrong, but we do reside in America. And we are to be witnesses of the king who unites people from all different ethnicities, nations, tongues, ideologies, idolatries and he brings them together to be one people and if we can't be the voice of unity in the midst of all this divisive hostility what hope does not only America but does this world have And then, here's the deal. COVID's not the only thing that's out there that is plaguing people. Last night, yesterday, 7.2 magnitude earthquake strikes Haiti because Haiti is situated 
in such an unfortunate position on this globe. This is just some weeks after their president was assassinated. The country is in turmoil. And so it's not just COVID that we have to worry out for, watch out for. It's every bit of hostility in this world. Afghanistan being overrun by the Taliban right now. Uh, let's not just think of those things that are plaguing us, that are weighing on us. Let's think about you and I are faced with our own temptations each and every day. Some of us face lust. Some are facing greed. Uh, some of us just fail, fail, fail to be patient and long-suffering with one another. You could check off all the other boxes. You could go, well, oh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't dance, I don't drink, I don't cuss, I don't chew, I don't hang with those who do. And then, but here's what you can't do. You cannot be patient with another human being. And show kindness and gentleness. And every time you fail, your heart gets pricked. You say, God, I'm a failure. Did it again. Just like the person who struggles with substance abuse. There might be more prayers out there. I, I think a big prayer for our church is this. We have withstood a lot over the last year and a half. Have we not? I don't know that we've seen the worst of it. And what happens sometimes is when we think that we've come through. We can feel pretty big. And even as we read in our Proverbs study this last Wednesday night, pride comes before the what? Fall. And we need to remember just like we did back in May of 2020. We need to remember to return each and every day to the Lord's mercy, knowing that this season is a season of disorientation. And it has the potential to lead to a new orientation that is life-giving. But it also is susceptible to a destructive new orientation. So, these are things that are on my heart. 
here's what I want. I want three volunteers who will come up one at a time to this microphone here and to utter a prayer. And as they pray, I want the rest of us to be striving together with them in prayer. A quick word about prayer that I believe would be good. And maybe each prayer wants to take one of these tacks. But here's what I always think about prayer. Prayer involves lament and grief. It can involve that. And I believe at such a time it should involve that. It also has petitions. Sometimes general petitions. Sometimes very specific petitions. And what we trust is that the Lord, as we lay out our griefs, our laments, our complaints, and as we petition him, his spirit moves and he moves us. We don't do it as rote routine, but his spirit moves us to pray. So, this morning, do I have three volunteers who will utter the words publicly and who we will join and we will strive together with? Volunteer number one, Brother Mike. Volunteer number two, Miss Brittany, volunteer number three. We'll go with two then, because Paul did say two or three. Oh, Brother Josh. All right. Brother Mike, as he comes, y'all bow, and I'm going to open us in prayer. And then after Brother Josh concludes, I will close us in prayer. Lord, we come to you right now. And our task today is to strive together in prayer. Receive our prayers, Lord, I pray. come humbly before you today and just thank you so much for all the blessings you've shared on us. This is a trying time in our nation. We pray that you will guide us and direct us out of this fog and reunite us, Father, and let us continue on our path of freedom and glory. In your precious name, Father, we ask that you be with all our brothers and sisters who are ill or injured and heal them, Father, and return them to us.
We ask also that you forgive us of our shortcomings. Whether we've confessed them or not confessed them, please restore us in your sight, Father. We thank Jesus for his sacrifices and intercession. And we thank the Holy Spirit for guiding and directing us. And Father, we thank you so very much for taking us into your family. We love you so very much and praise you and worship you and pray all these things in the name of your precious Son, Jesus Christ. come to you uh, first and just confess that I am so, uh, uh, I guess I'm so uh, lean towards being skeptical and cynical and um, jaded. And in that, God, I have failed to regularly uh, seek you in prayer over my um, heart's desires and hurts and confusions and fears. And so I... um, come and just confess that before my brothers and sisters, God, cool. and um, to you, because I know that's not your design, and I know that's not what you want from us, God. But I am thankful that uh, you do offer us uh, just new chances every day, every moment, every minute, God. Um, I come right now as a mom who is sending three young kids to school this week and seeing a lot of turmoil around school and so I come and um, as a representative of all the parents that are making hard decisions this week God um, I pray wisdom and safety over our kids and our teachers and administrators God I come to you as a friend who has seen turmoil and friendships over the last week and I pray that um, your spirit can bear witness to my friends God and that uh and that your spirit can intercede and that restoration can happen in those relationships. I come to the parent who has failed so many times this week to be patient and loving to my children, but has not offered them the patience and love and care that you offer me every day. And I come as a pastor's wife and a sister in Christ who has failed to offer myself to my fellow believers, God, but who is also just, um, God, just relied a lot on my own ways. And um, I'm feeling very just convicted this morning of what your spirit does in our life and my lack of trusting your spirit Mm -hmm. to move um, and to direct. And so I don't come to just... um, Berate myself because I know that's not what you would have me to do, God. But I do come to just um, pray for hope, Lord, for our for our nation, for our church, for relationships that we're a part of, God, um, for our world, really, not just our nation, because you don't just care about our nation, God. You care about our world. Um, I pray that this virus can be eradicated, Lord. I'm. Um, so weary, and I know so many people are so weary and are in so much pain over it, God. I pray that as we figure out what to do, we would uh, love people who are different than us and mm. who do things differently than us, God. 
I pray that as we walk in life and, and get hurt feelings or defensive feelings, God, that we wouldn't take up arms and, um, and just defend ourselves and our, our um, homes or platforms, God, but that we would seek to love and strive to accept people who believe differently or take up different platforms than us, God. I pray that what we as a church, Lord, that what I as a um, woman, as, what my husband, what my kids, what my friends, what my family strive more than anything, God, is to represent Christ on this earth. That's my, um, that's my biggest burden for myself, for my kids. God, I pray that we can um, walk as true representations of Christ and what he stood for and his platform, God, because truly that's what it is. That's what it is all about, God. I pray all of these things in Christ's name and knowing that he gives us the strength to do those things. Amen. come to you today humble and just unworthy to be able to be called servants of you but yet you still use us every day so God I pray that you would just be able to use us in a way that expands your kingdom that our um, personal views our personal um, it it doesn't get in the way of you Mm. that we're not clouding other people's visions of how powerful and amazing that you are. Mm. Whether um, whether we're praying for your guidance over a journey that we already know what the task is, whether it's delivering things or where we're going and safety and what we're doing, or God, we're praying for your guidance on what to do, mm. just where to start. God, we know that you are powerful and you are loving and you are kind Mm. and you continue to show grace so god i pray that as a as a church body as a church whole that we are not we are not someone that people look at and they continue to see hatred Mm. or division or separation but that we unite people together and that we can show people love and we can show them your mercy and your grace. God, that we know that you are the answer to all and that every decision we make is based off of what you would do. Mm -hmm. That your love is transparent through us to others. And we love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Lord God, I pray, and Lord, I thank you for my brothers and my sister who said aloud uttered prayers that we could join in with, Lord. Lord God, I I echo their prayers. I only add, Lord, that those who are in affliction right now, afflicted by 
sickness. Those of our church who are afflicted by sickness, those who are afflicted by grief, that, Lord, your, your mercy would be real to them. I pray that you would be with us. Lord, COVID has made it very hard for us to even know how to reach out and minister to one another. Give us wisdom about that, Lord. Help us not to be scared to reach out to to our brothers and our sisters who are in need. Lord, I pray and I just, I lift up our church. And I said it just a few minutes ago and I had not even had this thought before then, so I know it's your spirit speaking. We don't know that the worst is not yet to come. But God, we know who's with us in the worst of all of it. And that's you, God, through your spirit. And so, Lord, right now, I pray that your spirit would not only, would not only comfort us and assure us, but that your spirit would equip us. I think about Paul being equipped, ready for Rome, for the t- task and the challenge that lay be- before him at Rome to take this divided church and to unite them in the name that is above every name. God, I pray and I ask that you will equip us because if the worst is still yet to come, we need your strength. We need your wisdom and we need your guidance. We need you to fill us full And Lord, what we've looked at over the last few weeks is we know that you don't just fill us to the brim, you make our cups overflow. And so God, I pray and I ask for such an equipping where our cups are flowing over so that we can pour out and pour out and pour out and never run dry. Thank you for this day. Thank you for Paul's prayer request to Rome that instructs us. And thank you for the vision that these would not have been disparate individuals bowing in the prayer closets, although that is right and necessary at times. But this would have been a united body bowed together, lifting up And Lord, I think about that moment in Acts whenever it says that the church came together and with great boldness they sought you and for great boldness they sought you and the place was shaken, Lord. I don't know that we're going to get a rumble here today. But I pray we leave here filled with your spirit. I pray these things in the mighty. Honorable, worthy, exalted, resurrected, name that is above every name, the name of your precious son, Jesus. Amen.